As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. episode of Android's Dungeon. Mark, the DM, he's the cream. D&D talk. Peking Studios, Peking Duck, Joel in the studio, chats about stuff. It's hot out, folks. It's really hot out. (laughs) Stay tuned. boy ooh the sound of extremely amateur radio what can that mean hey i was just like the macho man randy savage intro you did there <laughs> well it's just like i think you somebody posted a macho man recently or you were, were you doing macho man or was i it posted the uh, commercials that he did for slim jim yeah. snap it to a slim jim oh that was it for some reason Lord. i think everyone in the back of their head had macho man randy savage uh, famous wrestler what was his signature move? See, the problem is, like, I only knew about Macho Man from people who actually watched wrestling, and yeah. to be cool, you had to pretend you liked wrestling. <laughs> and, like, I like the idea, the mythos pretend. behind it. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you, but I just smoke cigarettes to be cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I used to watch WWF back when it was WWF with my brother. Did you have pay-per-view, or how did you watch it? Oh, we'd watch uh, whatever was on TV. We wouldn't watch the special pay-per-view stuff. Yeah, they just have. They would have like the regular weekly uh, ones that they would do without having to pay for Stone it. Stone Cold Steve Austin and uh, some. I think it was an iceberg guy. You stepping into this ring. You're stepping into Stone Cold Steve Austin's ring. Dwayne That's the Rock Johnson. You just Can- don't Canadian do. treasure. Yeah, the Rock. Canadian Rock treasure? is really the one that. Canadian. I did not know that. It's from Nova Scotia. Managed I did not to know make that. a career. Wow. <laughs> and he played for, I, I don't think he ever actually ended up playing a game for Calgary, but he was on the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah, that's while. right. He, I remember that one now that you mention it. Who's the other guy that's, um, he's like uh, Drax in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's and all the that. MMA man though, isn't it? Oh, you're right. He you're is. You're Brock Lesnar who dude. also did both. So yeah. Brock Lesnar's kind of scary looking. He's got those like cold blue eyes and it's like that man he could snap and mm-hmm. take me down with him he's probably killed a man <laughs> well who hasn't joel <laughs> i haven't if any police officers are listening, <laughs> i have never killed anyone oh don't worry no Mark, one's listening not even never the cops. tried murder <laughs> never t- <laughs> well how do you know you don't like it yeah so, exactly yeah it's fair Can't knock it till you tried it we'll do that next episode uh, you were listening to Android's Dungeon, a show about not committing murder. <laughs> yeah, we are uh, distinctly anti-murder. Well, uh, let's whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, let's not go too far. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good points. What are on the both circumstances, sides? Mark? <laughs> uh, you can listen to us not murder on um, CFRU.ca while the website's alive. I don't know what's going to happen when the plug gets pulled. Like if the, all the smoke that's coming out of the university that powers the radio station will just like <laughs> just flip off, kind of like the power plant, and well, probably it's, just the power to the building. <laughs> The whole building just like stops. The UC shuts down. They'll just make it a new residence. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it as is. Though. This would yeah, be... leave it as is. Pack a hundred or so students. Yeah, I admit there's like a seventeen year old there out there that would love to have this as his dorm room. I, I think guess. especially Super the cool. windows on the walls that go into the other rooms so that <laughs> yeah. your neighbors can see you. Masturbate. The no sunlight. 
<laughs> Masticating as you yes, chew your as food. As you chew your food. I don't know about you guys, but I hate it when people watch me eat. <laughs> Chewing. Uh, I am in the studio with Mark and Joel, and I am Jack, and Android Dungeon is a show about games, music, movies, and uh, Jack being held up by a train for 10 minutes as he tries to get to the studio. Oh, that's where Jack was. When it's hot out and, uh, it, and hitting every red light possible. You ever notice that like during the middle of the day when the trains are going through town, they like to just go for a little bit and then stop and then go the other direction for a little bit and then stop and then they're like, okay, oh shoot, there's a whole bunch of cars waiting to go by and then they kind of slowly meander on through the town. <clears throat> and that's because they're switching tracks. See. Yeah. Well, why are they doing it at 2 p.m.? <laughs> I don't know. When they try to do road like work on the railways in the middle of the night when no one's yeah. using them, people just complain about the noise because they'd rather have trains fly into their living rooms. But, hey, that's just – I prefer my living rooms to be trainless. But I know some people might disagree. You're so entitled. I'm, I am. Yeah. I'm just, just a regular old snowflake. We can't all afford to have these choices. Whether or not <laughs> we have train, train railroads in our living room. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get going. Uh, Joel, what have you been playing recently? <laughs> a whole lot of nothing, Jack. Actually, uh, right. no, I've got Mark, something. what are you playing? <laughs> uh, so, as you know, last weekend was Hillside, oh. and uh, some people were listening yes, to music. <laughs> but I managed to duck out on Saturday. Go do something fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for something real fun, which was to Stuck go to a fork in a socket. Guelph's <laughs> Game Cafe, uh, the boardroom, and which is for sale, by the way, if anybody's interested. Oh, it in, is now. In purchasing. Uh, oh. Wait, game. before you go on, do we? Does, is there anything else anyone wants to sell? <laughs> they're sold. I got some, they're digging some blood. <laughs> 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 you name it, I'll sell it. <laughs> Sorry, Joel, please go on about it. The boardroom. Yeah, the the game cafe of Guelph, oh which God. is also for sale, uh, hosted uh, the qualifier for the pandemic national um, pandemic survival national competition, which is like this global competition that Z-Man Games puts on every year to celebrate all of the massive amounts of money they've made off pandemic. Um, but somehow this year they distributed through Asmodee and charged us some money to run it, and then you know, forgot about us. <laughs> posted. I sent them the information to post on their website. They never did. So we ended up, well, we ended up with uh, enough teams, four teams, the legal minimum to run the it, tournament. It looked good too. It didn't look like empty. Like you're kind of looking through the window and seeing two people playing the game while like referees are staring at them <laughs> or something. I honestly don't think we could have managed more than four teams because we were supposed to have a judge for every two teams. So and then I was supposed to be like off to the side, being the game master or whatever. So it was good to good to have uh, Emelena there helping me out. Thanks, Emelena. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a wild tournament. So did anyone actually win though? Yeah. So that's uh, <laughs> spoiler to the result. But it, what ended up happening was the the deck is like seated to a degree, and then you shuffle the middle. And uh, if, you, if you've ever played Pandemic, you know that sometimes the game is fairly easy and sometimes the game can just be brutal right off the bat. And this is just one of those situations where you shuffled the deck in a certain way and after each epidemic, we shuffled the deck again in a certain way where it was just, you could not win this game. <laughs> Basically, you were just going to die. So was that your professional opinion as well as like a judge? Were you thinking there was no way for somebody to have won this game? 
I don't think so. Um, I asked, we asked at the beginning of the tournament, Mark and his wife, how often do you play Pandemic? They said on average 10 times a week. Which is nuts to me. And these guys were making, like, I was, I was, I was actually like, I was their judge and I was sitting there and I was really impressed by their moves. They were making really clever moves uh, to uh, basically minimize the amount of damage that was coming out. And still, like, basically what ended up happening was it looked like our good friends Curtis and Stefan were going to win it because they had the least amount of outbreaks. They had already found two cures and they were looking great. They're cruising. They had this line of black threes. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Oh, no. And this one hit, which made this one hit, which made this one hit and killed them. It was wow. like a triple outbreak. So that was their fault, obviously. They should have at least just taken one cube off the middle, and it would have been fine. Were they playing really sort of uh, knife's edge on this? Everybody was, yeah, yeah. a little bit knife's edge. You're right. Maybe they didn't have time to get over there, and they had to just, well, maybe this will come up or this will come up. But Mark, have you played Pandemic? Uh, like a couple times, yeah. It's uh, definitely a board game. <laughs> uh, it never drew me in. I never drew me in enough to want to play in a tournament. Yeah. Well... Um, Joel offered the um, nice thing about it is it's it's, if you die you know it was an over over an hour (laughs) yeah I know the worse you are at the game the less time you have to play it for Um, we did have a dead team in 20 minutes that would have been my team yeah and then for the (laughs) remaining 40 minutes we had a third team drop second team drop off and then obviously uh, Mark and his wife won by default by being the last to die even though they had seven of eight outbreaks about half an hour in they were hanging on oh my god for for 30 minutes and then uh, obviously that triple outbreak so they won by default and then they asked if they could play on to yeah. see if they could win yeah the scenario so i gave them the infection you said deck. no <laughs> no i said i'm not gonna do this but <laughs> i gave them the infection deck i said go, go nuts yeah and they played on for another like two minutes and then they were dead so do you have to pick the same characters or is that up to the players to figure yeah, out? Yeah, so it's all secret and everybody gets the same. So also, oh, right. you know, if as if the game wasn't hard enough, uh, if anybody knows Pandemic, uh, the last thing you want to see when, <laughs> when you're getting your uh, roles is Contingency Planner and Generalist. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's mean. But I guess it's easier to balance when. Uh, yeah, well, generalist can be good. Sure, you is get that extra one extra move. move? Yeah. But contingency planner, and especially they seeded the player deck so that you didn't even get events until almost halfway through. So there was a just a useless roll. Did you think people had fun though? Everybody had an amazing time. All right, they all loved it. Want to play again? Um, Mark has enough uh, decks left over where he could actually run it again, as long okay. as nobody has played before, because obviously they would have yeah, yeah. an advantage. Mark's just sitting here, bored as heck. Wait, we have, we need Let's to talk about not something as heck. Else. <laughs> um, like again, like I, I feel like you don't bring me on for my board gaming experience. <laughs> I like the ones that like where you uh, the where you get to yell. Um, right. And the ones where I don't have to cooperate with people because then people just tell me what to do in my turns, <laughs> which makes me just want to sabotage our team and lose. Mark has this remarkable <laughs> trait. Remarkable. In, uh, anytime we play code names, mm-hmm. which is uh, he gets bored <laughs> after a while and just starts touching random words <laughs> and seeing what happens. How often does that work for you? Oh, it never has. Oh, all right. Um, I think I've picked I picked the assassin almost every time I do that. Well, that's almost uh-huh. a talent. And then the team gets really mad at him, but he doesn't care. I don't care. 
Well, who are the jerks on the other team that are letting obviously lose Cannon Mark uh, <laughs> di- like dictate? I remember what's playing with 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 Joel and Joel and his wife, and just <laughs> they 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 didn't talk to me for the rest of the night. <laughs> like, Mark, you can't just tap things. I'm like, well, I already oh. have. So <laughs> it's happening again. Sounds like you got a case of the can'ts. <laughs> <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Well, speaking of doing whatever you want, Mark, what have you been playing recently? Um, I started playing Red Dead Redemption Two again. Um, it's pretty fun. I still play RimWorld and stuff. Um, my girlfriend came back from a trip, so that's basically my, been my girlfriend. My girlfriend. <laughs> um, I hope she doesn't listen to this episode after I made that voice. What's that? Um, like? <laughs> so yeah, I haven't had a chance to play a lot of things. Um, she has a, a like she's going out with her friends tomorrow night, and I'm excited to just have an evening to myself to sit in my basement apartment. And, oh, it's and play some video games and order. We'll get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't have to hang out with anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to put pants on. <laughs> have some dignity. Geez. You always want what you don't have, you know? Mm-hmm. So like when, when you're alone, you want somebody to spend time with. When you have somebody to spend time with, you just want to be No, alone. no, it's always alone. <laughs> it's like, everything just gets in and the like, way of... I love her and stuff, but every once in a while, I just want to play some video games. So I've been playing Crusader Kings. Uh, I got back into that. Uh, Did you ever really leave, though? Yeah, I stopped playing for a while because it got kind of stale. But the newest release, like with the new expansion, uh, it's not really an expansion, but the new like start date and stuff. I've been doing a run as uh, King Otto of Germany, um, and that's been pretty fun. There's a lot of cool like little story events mixed in, so it's not just random events where a random courtier becomes a becomes a bear or a horse or some, something like that. The summer sale's over. Did you get all your DLC? Yeah, I got the DLC for oh, Skylines. I didn't buy the one for Civ Six because I'm still terrible at it. Uh, I've been doing my best to get better, and it's just not happening. Uh, I've played a few multiplayer matches with a couple of buds of mine, and they just cream me every single time. So I'm starting to think there's really just only one good Civ game. <laughs> what is, is it, that? Joel? Is that the one that takes all day, and I refuse to play? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one that you know, like when we played at the cottage, about six people gave up by the end. <laughs> So I, I'm still haunted by that for various reasons, but uh, I, I do feel bad that we inflicted the expert side on a bunch of newbies. So I just, yeah, uh, I feel like it would have been, especially after seeing, because I think the next time you guys played it at your place, Jack, it was this, the regular side, right? Well, we played regular side sin- ever yeah, since. Ever yeah, ever since. Um, and it looked a lot simpler, and it moved a lot faster. Um, I just thought, I, I expected more from you, I guess. It's, and I'm sorry, Mark. Yeah. Well, You're I bad. also remember somebody making wheat granola and me eating a lot of it. And no no one taking it away from me. Or people taking it away from me and somehow it ending up back in front of me. And so Edibles I like, not le- not yet legal in Canada. <laughs> well, it could have got even messier because Garrett brought a, um, a 60 of Grey Goose. And I was thinking every time you get a calamity, you would have had to take a shot. But I would have had alcohol poisoning. <laughs> you would have had to take me to the frigging King Carden Hospital. It's just up there. It just Did, did I tell you that Garrett was like super aggressive this weekend trying yeah, to sell turkey legs? So <laughs> it was Hillside uh, this weekend. And for people who aren't in Guelph or don't know what's going on, Hillside is basically when every hippie in the world shows up for, uh, I'd say, 48 days. Or 48 days. 48, 48 hours. Days. Feels 48 well, They days. won't leave. <laughs> and everyone kind of gets together on Guelph Lake, and you think we could close it off and just, like, <laughs> throw the key away, but uh, no. They could swim away. Uh, so supposedly they play music and do stuff there. And uh, a friend of mine was uh, selling turkey legs, and uh, business was slow. They bought 1,500 turkey legs or something, and oh, the first okay. day they sold Here's the back 50. Story. Ooh. And things were looking grim. And then Garrett suddenly just like the hat came off in which it's like 
there's there's the the thing that keeps you from acting strange in front of other people. And then he <laughs> threw that hat away and immediately started going out there like Carnival Huckster. It's like, come over here, see? <laughs> Turkey legs, two for ten. Or something, I don't know. Just start hustling people. Yeah, he was really trying to push it on me. Even when, when even when I came up and introduced myself and he remembered me about the sim and we started talking, he's like, can I, can I get your turkey leg? <laughs> sure you don't want a turkey leg. <laughs> and then I told uh, my neighbor who lives downstairs, Dave, about it. And he's like, yeah, that guy was really coming after me. Yeah. He was holding a turkey leg in each hand. Let's just say sales <laughs> skyrocketed either because you were coerced in turkey legs or great uh, success. Oh, also, I heard that at the by the end uh, on Sunday afternoon when it, or evening when everybody was hungry, all the vendors had run out of food except, except for the turkey legs. The turkey legs. I don't know what it was. They had monopoly. Was the bad price point. Garrett was saying that it, he thinks it was because there's so many vegetarians and you need. To, mm. I, I think turkey legs are one of these things that you need to. You almost need to give some away at the beginning of the day or seed them. So when you're walking around and see somebody with a turkey leg and you're kind of Oh, hungry, yeah, I could go for a turkey leg. I could leg. go for a turkey leg. Oh, yeah, you see somebody just gnawing away. You, I want to hey. be like King Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, they do really well at the Christmas market. Uh, turkey legs yeah, are a big right. hit. That's a bit more seasonal. Like, I, on a hot sense. day in the, in, in the sun, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to eat just a While big, you're listening to music. <laughs> big greasy hunk of, uh, <laughs> of, of poultry. Um, I did see a bunch of... Um, I was going to say Canadian musicians. Um, I, I assume they're musicians. They were in bands that I've never heard of. Um, <laughs> complaining about how you couldn't smoke in the beer and the like alcohol serving areas and things like that. Because I remember the year I went a few years ago, um, <clears throat> the rule was basically you couldn't smoke pot in the um, really hmm. in the, the licensed areas. And then other people are complaining that you can't drink at the main stage where, but like, I don't know That's what true. it was like this year. It's not fenced off. But the, the main stage when I went was just a bunch of families having a picnic in front of it. So like, and they would get mad that people were standing up by the stage and I don't know, it doesn't seem like it's the best planned festival in the world, but it is the only music festival I've ever been to other than Warp Tour, which, what year? and no one threw up on me at Hillside. <laughs> so it's got that <laughs> going for it. Uh, the person who threw up on me, it was 11 a.m. We were waiting to get in. Um, <laughs> so that, I never went to another Warped Tour Wait, how, ever again. How bad are we talking here? Are we talking Crystal Pepsi or just like a bit on your loafers? Um, uh, on like the back of my shirt because they were behind me in line. <laughs> oh. So I just, I went and bought a shirt from the Plant Smashers. And he's like, oh, what the, f oh, yeah, man, here you go. Plant Smashers, that's another name I haven't heard in a long time. They're still around, apparently. That, that's Scott. That's still Scott. Smashing Planets? Uh, apparently. They got them all. They're like... <laughs> They're all smashed. Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins got all They got to be now. in their like 40s or 50s by now. It's They're keeping the dream alive. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to look at it, I guess. It's got kind of sad all of a sudden. Hillside kind of seemed like half volunteers. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I don't know how many how much money they made, but it didn't seem like there were a whole ton of patrons around. Hillside hasn't been making a lot of money the last few years. That's why all the big acts go to River, Riverfest. But even Riverfest looked weak this year. I remember telling Joel mm. last week that I was looking at the lineup and like, who is their big headliner? Mighty Mighty Boston's. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me uh, get the plan smashers. <laughs> I can yeah. really do this up proper. Either way, if you had fun, great. But yeah, <clears throat> but I think it's a it's a it's a rite of passage for a lot of uh, Guelph hipsters to to volunteer at Hillside one year. Yeah, it certainly makes things a lot easier. You've got your campsite to go back to. That's yeah, like what's Volley Village like a, a, a cesspit as usual? I don't know what that Volley is. Volley Village, the like camping <clears throat> area for volunteers. What's a cesspit? 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you mean like a cesspool? Yeah, cesspool. No, oh, no, yeah. this is worse. Than it's a deeper than a cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> Pool implies, implies some sort of concrete in my mind. Because like, the year I went, I had a bunch of friends who volunteered, uh, and they had all had a great time, except f- yeah, except oh. for Volley Village, because there was a bunch of people just like high on DMT and all, uh, various other narcotics, playing bongo drums till the, the break of dawn. Oh God! Oh, that, that's just a that's a staple. <laughs> If you don't want to listen to bongo drums for uh, seven hours in the middle of the night, then don't even go. Mm-hmm. Well, good. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I stayed in the air conditioned department. F- Fancy man has air yeah. conditioning. Washed. Yeah, we we just left at night. Yeah, it was actually beautiful at night, but whatever. Um, twenty three minutes in. All right, I'll say what I've been playing <laughs> recently, and then we'll move on to the D and D stuff after a musical break. But. Um, Board game-wise, I finally got out something that's been kind of haunting me for a little bit, which was a Kickstarted game, which showed up. And uh, I had it before um, the review came out, but Shut Up and Sit Down went and ganked me by doing the review of uh, Pipeline. Well, now they're not going to listen to ours. Now they're not going to listen to us, because obviously it's been over and done with. Why do I care what non-giant nose Jack is going to say about... Uh, <laughs> although the Koreans thought my nose was huge, but they thought everyone's nose was big. Yeah, like, they're mean. No, they were never mean. They were just, they would go, teacher, you're ugly. (laughs) Whoa. Damn, Joel, your kids are rough. (laughs) And then I would take points off and they'd say, teacher, you are so handsome. (laughs) Really could. I remember a friend of mine taught in Korea and he taught his kids the F word one day. And and then that was all they said for the rest of the time I was there. There's no putting that genie back. Especially because he reacts. Yeah, teacher, good. F you. Well, honestly, like, I don't know. The kids were generally pretty good, and you just have to give them a bit of a glare once in a while, and they're fine. But anyway, Pipeline is a game that was Kickstarter from a while ago. Um, it's from Capstone Games. Uh, I forget who designed it. The art's by Ian O'Toole, who has his own game by Capstone, I think, which is Irish Gage, and that's another uh, train game that'll be out later. But Pipeline, I would describe it as a mix between Carcassonne in that if you just had the roads... Oh, you lost me. ...and uh, Power Grid in that you have a bunch of different types of resources that you're kind of turning into better resources and using to um, improve upon things. And you have a market you got to go to. And if you're the last one there, things are expensive because mm-hmm. you're a dummy and you're slow. And there's a lot going on on this board, but the main crux of the game is that you get these tiles that have these different colored pipes. And uh, did you ever remember a game Pipe Dreams? On the old Windows machines, yeah, yeah, have to like get the water into the into the right exactly, and like in event to the cesspit, to the cesspit, and uh, eventually, like you had a timer to start laying pipes, and then uh, Bioshock actually had this dumb mini game. Yeah, it was how you hacked. How you hacked was playing Pipe Dreams from Windows three point one. Anyway, so you do this, and you refine oil, and you need a certain amount of pipe connections to move oil from uh, crude to low to mid to high. And you have to build this network, and you have to run it using either machines or using your worker. So it's a worker placement game at the end of the day. So what does your worker do? Just push the oil along? It's maybe just like, <laughs> and then it runs through, and it turns into more expensive oil. And you're selling it, but you're also, you can fulfill contracts, and the, you can fulfill orders, and your actions are super limited. So the game probably in total has, I'm trying to think, maybe like 22 turns or something like that, and they just fly by because everything you do is an action. Huh. If you're really good at it, you can double up on things here and there, but that costs money, and money is extremely tight until around the end of the game, and at that point, maybe your actions, you're not doing as much of the double up stuff, but there's a lot going on, 
And it's one of these boards that if you put it down in front of somebody and say, well, let's, let's play a game, Mark. And I put out Pipeline, Mark is going to turn off real quick because yeah. it is. I, uh, I almost fell asleep as you're, through your explanation. <laughs> a, you know what? I'm falling asleep through my explanation. But it's the theme is super dry and it barely exists as far as I'm concerned because it's just it's kind of an excuse for to mix up puzzles and an economic game. And Kel and I played it back to back, or two games back to back, which was a good sign because the first time you play it, you're kind of like, so, there have been a lot of games where you're like, all right, well, we'll and come back to this later. Let's play again. So. And then this one's like, all right, one more time right away. And partially because the setup is such a pain. It's one of these games that you're just sitting there, and I swear to God, it took me half an hour to set up the, the first time. Oof. And Kel's on her phone. I'm just like, oh, it's hot outside. I'm starting to get real worried about what I've done. She's about to walk away. No. Well, and the table footprint is outrageous too. So if you could see the studio here, I'm not very good, but let's say, do you think this is a meter mark? I'd say this is a sure. little bit less than a meter. Yeah, it's a, a meter. That's a yard and a half. Wow, yard that's the half. biggest meter I've ever seen. <laughs> Zach, you're so tall and handsome. <laughs> well, thank you, Mark. Well, that took a strange turn. <laughs> that's a very expensive suit we're all wearing today. <laughs> Jack's not handsome at all. Yeah, wow, Joel's it's... ripped. <laughs> he was doing some well, uh, sit-ups before we got <laughs> in here. Joel's actually been doing sit-ups the entire time that we've been talking. He's so good at them. You don't even hear him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Came out. <laughs> anyway, the table footprint's ridiculous on this game. Then it got to the... Like, I can't even set up inside my house currently. There's not enough room for it. I had to do it outside on our outdoor table because it just sprawls out. Um, so that was something for one of the first times I've noticed a game that's like, this is not designed for, if you just have a tiny little table and maybe play on, you're gonna have big trouble setting the game up, which is kind of crazy to me. But anyway, Pipeline, I endorsed it. I think it's quite a cute game, very pretty. And there's a lot of interesting decisions to make and it's tough too. So What's Kel- the runtime? Uh, I'd say an hour and a half. If, uh, not too bad. Not so you bad. played two hour and a half games, where is it an hour and a half both The second times? one was an hour. And okay. hour, but hour and a half, I'd say, is average. Two players at least, and it so sco- sco- goes from one to five, I think. So you can really play with a bunch of people if you feel like it. So that's impressive. You get through an hour and a half game, and you want to play it again. Yeah. So I, I maybe mean, it's just them. That's never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was pretty good, and I think you can get it retail now. So that's not a problem if you're interested in it. Um, the other thing I've been playing a bit of is uh, in the evenings, if I get some free time, I had a craving for the original System Shock. Uh, mm. from the early 90s and just I don't know what what was getting me and maybe I was just bored and I was looking through Steam Library of all these games I ever played and they're like mm, System Shock <laughs> let's go back, back and there's the new enhanced edition that yep. uh, Night Dive Studios published and brings the this game to modern machines you can scale the resolution up like crazy it's got aliasing there even you can load up mods if you want too which is kind of interesting did they do the second one as well remastered mm, the second one hasn't been remastered i'm aware of but okay. they were doing night dive is doing the remake of system yeah. shock one that they kickstarted and it was a disaster mm-hmm. and like they made tons of money but they're way behind schedule and they basically scrapped the entire game because and they're redoing it slowly so mm-hmm. it'll come out eventually maybe <laughs> But uh, anyway, just playing through the first one again, and it's it's a very cozy game, but very clunky, and I think it'd be difficult for someone who's not into these games to just hop in. But um, yeah, I think even with two, like going because I I have two on, on yeah. Steam, I think, and I remember going back to play. I'm like, mm, this is not the game that I remember it being. <laughs> I remember it being this like amazing atmosphere core, yeah. and like Shodan was a great villain. Yeah. Uh, no, no, it's like, and like all the models look way worse than I remember. Yeah. But the same thing, like I was playing through Half-Life. Um, <gasps> Don't you dare. Yeah, watch your No, song. no, and like it just, it, it isn't the same game that I no. remember being, like I'm breezing through it and like flying past. I'm like, I remember being stuck on this for like weeks and yeah. just, oh, I just do You're this. Just okay. so much better. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just it got good. Like the first the first system shock, I think, is very difficult for audiences now because it, it's very maze like, and the colors are super garish. And mm. if you, I think, if you don't know what you're doing and you're not going to spend the time to really figure it out, the game will appear, appear very obtuse. When it's super simple in reality, it's actually really easy. It's just kind of there are little parts here and there, a little obnoxious, but. System Shock 2, I think, is has held up, in my opinion, better. And there are tons of mods for it. The System Shock 2 community is still really going hard. Yep. And you can play with the Rebirth models, which updates them to high polygon stuff, and all the textures are high res. So, um, I don't know. It's <laughs> when, I, uh, when I went on my trip earlier this year, uh, one of my park <clears throat> trips, I had transferred a bunch of music over onto my phone, and somehow I accidentally put on the episode where I left early and you played a bunch of things from System Shock, a bunch of clips. Did I? You remember this where it was just like the intros? Oh, okay. I remember that, yeah. And uh, Global Conspiracy. Oh, no. So that's that's Deus Ex. <laughs> yeah, that's Deus Ex. There was definitely some System Shock in there. There was in there, too. Like, like, Shodan was always a really good villain. Yeah. And, like, the, the voice acting's really good. Like, when they announced, I don't know if it's 3 or the remake that they announced at one point, it's one of the E3s, and all they did was just they had just like a slow clear. zoom out of of Shodan's face. They're yeah. like, "Hello, hacker!" Yeah, it's like, "Yeah, Shodan." And then I don't remember hearing anything else since then. Well, because that's another thing. So, System Shock Three is being developed by a separate studio that apparently is a bunch of X Looking Glass mm. or Ion Storm employees. But it's another one of these things. That everyone's kind of, like, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, because I remember playing like Pillars of Eternity, which is like I think made by a bunch of like, Obsidian. Obsidian uh, no, I think it was Obsidian. In. Oh, what? but they're like ex Black Isle and stuff. That's what I mean, yeah. And it is so far up its own butt. <laughs> like the combat isn't all a lot of fun. Um, I a lot of the, it. a lot of the systems don't really make sense. It is just so slow. Yeah. Um, like Divinity. Like I think we've both played like the new Divinity. It's it, it moves along is the one thing that I like about it. It also um, feels polished too. That's have you played any of the Divinity? Nope. When you sink your teeth into it or just like start even, you'll feel like, my God, there's. It, it's one of those games that I think you get the feeling that it could be different based on every class you pick and there's yeah. tons of changes to it. And all. depending on like which, which character you we, pick yeah, as your exactly. main character or if you make your own. So mm. uh, I'm excited to see what Larian does with uh, Baldur's Gate. But hope we'll cross our fingers and hope they don't screw it up. So, Jack, you really don't like Bioshock. Do you think you would have... <clears throat> been more fair to Bioshock if you hadn't heard of or played System Shock? Because I thought Bioshock was pretty cool, but I had never played any of the System Shock games. I didn't mind Bioshock 1. In fact, I think Bioshock 2 is actually better than 1. (gasps) Yeah, I like 2 better. It's uh, because Bioshock 1 was almost borderline a remake of System Shock 2, if Mm -hmm. you ever played Mm -hmm. it. And you had like the same kind of story hook and the same sort of like running around doing this sort of stuff felt really derivative. And Bioshock Infinite was, speaking of games, it was up its own ass. Like, that game drove me nuts. Like, <laughs> I was really disappointed with... I was expecting to have run around and do a lot of different things in this open world. Instead, I just got basically like a corridor shooter by any other yeah. game. Yeah, but, yeah, very much railroaded in that game. Oh, my God. Like, you look at the maps, people are broken down. It's like, the original System Shock is an absurd maze. System Shock 2, all right, a little more linear, but it's more l- realistic looking. Like, that's yeah. what it's supposed to be. And then you get the Bioshock. Okay, a little more running around here. Bioshock 2, same thing. Then Infinite was like section go straight maybe go left or right but it just loops you back here arena proceed onward it's like in like skyrim where every single dungeon at the end of the yeah, dungeon has, you, has a secret passage to the start of the dungeon yeah it's and that always like one casual. of the, one of the things i loved about morrowind was how useless the directions would be they're like oh they're in this like 
incredibly long, complicated name. Yeah. Um, it's like, go walk down uh, east out of town and turn right at the rock. And there's like six different rocks that it could be. And you have to just kind of run around and use your like detect door and detect key. It's, it's like it's a lost art of games, especially like those big RPGs. That, and Witcher sort of did it, but you could just... Mm-hmm like activate Witcher vision and then you don't care anymore but the idea of like getting a direction from an NPC or reading a book and actually having to look at the geography and Mm. like know the areas that you're going in and like but that requires people to actually care about the design of the world and not just hit Mm -hmm. random on a generator and like dropping trees and stuff but speaking of random adventures we didn't have one of those we're we're gonna have Mark break down the final encounter of the legendary D&D campaign after a musical break. Stay tuned. The one we missed. The one we missed. Seven metal perfection 
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM, <clears throat> Android's Dungeon. You just heard Headbanger by King Tough. Mark, what was special about this song? Uh, well, the lead singer of Witch, which is, uh, oh, my mic's on now. Uh, <laughs> the lead singer of Witch, which is like one of my favorite stoner metal bands, is the lead singer of um, King Tough, and it's a bit more like pop rocky. All right, Mark, you and I have had one or two conversations about music genres. Yes, we had, I think we had a good one the other day about folk folk metal, and folk I couldn't metal. define it, but I could give different examples that were nothing alike. And it worked, you know, <laughs> it worked for me. I was fine with that. Uh, what is stoner metal? It's slow. It's Black Sabbath. Like, if you get a Black Sabbath 45 and you play it at 33. <laughs> slow down? <laughs> you just alienated, I don't know how many people under the age of... It's uh, okay, they're stoners. Yeah, they're not going to come out after us. They're at Hillside. I really like Black Sabbath. I do too, especially if you play it slow. Yeah. Um, play it slower. Or? Play it slower, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> all right, so King Tough, Headbanger. Uh, is that a full album or is that just a That's song? That's just the song. It's right. all, I think uh, it's Black Moon Spell is the name of the album. Perfect uh, title for a star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screw you, Joel. Like it's not, that's the thing. It's not that much different than Witch. It's just the sh- songs are shorter and the riffs are faster. <laughs> we, we say faster. We, what do you mean? Right, it's just like it's a... Uh, is it actually faster? Yeah. All right. I'd say so. And they don't, like, repeat. You know, like, a lot they of, drank like, a Red Bull before. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody drank a Red Bull or, like, hadn't, like, really has to pee, so they're powering their way through the song. <laughs> Let's get this track down. Yeah. Mom saw the Ramones way back in the day, and she said, I think their entire uh, set or their concert was 20 minutes, and they didn't mm-hmm. stop at all in between songs. They just song, next song, and then they just left. Yeah. That was the Ramones Were they Ramones part experience. of something? I, I don't know. Like if it it couldn't like, have been a Ramones concert for 20 minutes. I don't know. Her story is she saw the Ramones early, and that was yeah. that. They just were – they were gone. <laughs> but in uh, At Hillside, they have, a, like, a, a G, GRCA. That's the con- – yeah, mm. Gr- Grand River Conservation Area. There we go. Has a, lo- has a rule that you can't have any sound after 11 p.m. Yeah. So even though, you know, like a lot of concerts you'll go to will run late and the some bands are famous for just keeping it going <coughs> well into the night, uh, that's not an option to see for you. So, or uh, sorry, at Hillside. So always at 11 o'clock is just kind of like, well, thank you very much. Good night. Yeah, that happened. The last time I was at Hillside, the Constantines were playing at the end. And like, I, they're fine. I like the Constantines, but the music was... Like it, it was rocking. Everyone was having a good time. I think everyone was hot and tired, and mm-hmm. it was cooled off. And it's like, okay, this everyone's having a good time. And then it's almost like the <laughs> clock ticked, yeah. and then it's like, thank you, Sprungfield. There will be no uncle. Yeah. And uh, it's clear everyone else wanted to keep going. <laughs> anyway, D and D. Yes. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Hotter, <laughs> hotter than Dungeon Synth, <laughs> according to some. Uh, Mark, go on. Tell us about your adventure. So we finished up uh, our adventure. Uh, so the last time I was on, I think I talked about them meeting the GIF and being on the pirate ship and stuff. Uh, like a pirate ship that was uh, the realm ship that traveled through the astral plane. Um, Ooh. Yeah. And so they did that. They had their nice battle with a dragon, and I uh, and I killed Seth. Uh, I only killed one person this time, um, but not not for good. Not for good. I saw Jack get a little excited there. Yeah. Um, but uh, they they were in Murder. this town looking looking for the, the 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 like noble lady that they were supposed to rescue. I gave them a chance to you know role play a bit and go talk to their. Talk, being talking character to like some of the NPCs, they all had a good time with that. Um, we had a nice little chase sequence through the alleyways, which using oh. some cool chase rules that are in the uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide. It's basically opposing athletics checks. Hmm. Um, 
and uh, you know, of course, one person rolls a one, so they trip and fall, and you know, the party has to decide: do we stop and save them, or do mm-hmm. we, or do we keep running? They did stop to save and save Come them, on. Uh, but because I let two of them take things that make them fly, they just caught up right away. Um, well, hold on, were they being chased, or they were chasing? Somebody? They were chasing somebody, so they they were in like mm-hmm. the market of the town. Um, and they were these like creepy guys in black cloaks, like sort of watching them off from off in the distance. And eventually, uh, eventually they're like, oh, okay, well, like uh, basically I was kept trying to get them to pick up that they should follow these guys. And like, I don't know, like they're, they're these like <laughs> heroes that have killed dragons and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. Those two guys in cloaks look pretty sketchy. We should stay away from them. And I remember someone saying that and me just looking at them <laughs> and then, um, our were they cl- being serious? Yeah. And our cleric was like, well, our, or we could go see what they want and maybe investigate. And I was like, yeah, you, you could definitely do, could and should do that. <laughs> Uh, so they did that, and then they, like, turned down an alleyway, and somebody had cast darkness so none of them could see. And then someone's like, but I have dark vision. And I made them read what dark vision says in the book. Um, what does it say? Uh, basically, you can see in dim light, but you don't actually see like you would be the light of day. And darkness, the spell, makes it even if you have dark vision, you can't see in it, I think. Or at least that was the way <laughs> we played it. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. I get it. But the whole point of the spell is that it makes it so you can't see. Um, and... So they somebody find, actually took Dispel Magic, and it blew my mind, because nobody ever takes the utility spells. That's what I was going to say. Dispel Magic, how does it work, and what level is it? Uh, it's If it's under, I think it's fourth level or something like that, and if it's under a third level spell or under, it just dispels it. Hmm. And if it's uh, above the spell you're trying to dispel is above that, you have to do a check versus the caster's DC. Um, so they ended up dispelling the darkness, and then they fought these cultists. And they found, like, a little riddle that nobody got, and I had to keep simplifying it because um, I was like, oh, you want to go through the, the dank gate or something like that. And then so they're, like, looking at the gates in the map of the city and just right. like, oh, and you turn it over and you see a bell in a sewer grate and then the bell in the, the local temple rings. They're like, oh, we have to go there. I'm like, okay, yeah. So a little bit of my downfall there was, like, not planning ahead or ex- at least expecting people to pick things up a little faster. Um but they ended up finding the sewer grate. They went down there. Um, they didn't go into the trap. I think you guys uh, both experienced when we played with Victoria. She always goes left. So I made sure that if they went left, <laughs> it would have been a bad idea. Um, hey, that went pretty well for you guys. It yeah, did. We, I, think, <laughs> I remember us like circumventing the entire dungeon like, that way. Holy, holy crap. My, <laughs> ma- my map, you're just always supposed to go left. Whoops. Yeah, yeah. um, <laughs> but there was one where like, if they went the wrong way down a, a, at a crossroads, they were going to just slide down into a pit Classic. Uh, full of basilisks. A pit of basilisks. Uh, um, there's going to be like two or three. Um, it's a reasonable challenge for that party. Um, and it's also like pretty easy to resist their like stone, like turn to stone petrifying vision. Um, were the, you trying to recreate a Dark Souls trend? Basically. Uh, um, you could get the fragrant branch of your <laughs> No! <laughs> but uh, they they encountered, I think they the, did a couple like encounters with cultists that they just steamrolled, so I got them nice and confident. Yeah. And I threw a night hag at them. Uh, night hags are ethereal, so they take, um, like, it's every attack against them is at disadvantage. And oh, that's wow. when you roll the 2d20s and take the lower. And then there was also, like, just a bunch of goblins and a nilbog. And I think, I don't know how much I've gotten into nilbogs. Nilbogs are great. They're a really great gimmick. They're not any stronger than goblins or anything. They have the same amount of health, same attacks. But when you attack one, you have to make a charisma save. And if you fail it, you spend your turn talking about how cool the nilbog is instead. And the first time on each of its turns, uh, sorry, the first time each round, it takes damage. It takes zero damage and heals instead. So it's just this annoying, hard-to-kill thing. And it only takes, like, one hit. Uh, but when you kill it, 
the spirit that inhabits it comes out and tries to possess another nail bug and another goblin. So I just, every time they would kill it, it would just move to a different goblin. And eventually they realized, Oh, if we kill all the other goblins first. Um, but then they had to contend with a, a hag throwing lightning bolts. And that's how I killed Keith, our ranger, but, uh, they brought him back to life. Uh, one of my favorite parts is once they killed all the goblins, uh, our bard was hiding in a fog cloud as she does uh, whenever she takes damage and she was standing right next to the, the knocked out uh, ranger and decided to uh, heal herself instead of the knocked out ranger. Uh, and that was just, <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's on brand. You picked a chaotic neutral character. Worry about yourself first. Um, so they eventually beat, beat um, the, oh, good choice. That's the second one. Um, they eventually beat the night hag Um which ended up taking probably like a good hour and a half. Um, mostly just because they have shitloads of health and it's hard to, it's hard to damage them. Um, but then like the final battle, I had this nice like anti-magic shield around the bad guy. Um, and they had like crystals around the room that were supposed to be uh, powering it. And then my whole idea was like, if they tried to attack him, it would just reflect it. And the crystals would shoot the magic back at them. Hmm. Our druid figured the gimmick out right away. <laughs> Come on. This is basic video game stuff. Yeah. Here. And she just, she just destroyed all of them in one round. And I was like, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> How frustrating she just tried, that? She just tried like half of them in the first round. Yeah. And then like they attacked like the fighter and stuff. Um, Wait, was Victoria playing a druid? Yeah. Uh, druids get fun eventually. Um, it's if you're doing like a spellcasting druid, um, like you did. I think Joel did a circle of the moon, which is the shape shifting ones. Oh yeah, and you were rolling pretty hard with that. Mm. Yeah, one of the eight wolves and myself, the giant polar bear. <laughs> and you're like a shark or an orca or mm-hmm. just absurd. There's a lot of weird stuff. Light it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Need light. And then um, yeah. They ended up steamrolling. Like, I kept throw, p- pulling out big monsters out of my monster manual. Like, oh, no. They were, doing, they were beating the guy too fast. <laughs> so I had him retreat and brought up some f- flesh golems. And so she's like throwing lightning bolts at him. And I'm like, oh, they're immune to lightning. Actually, you've healed him now. And she's like, all right. So she casts Flaming Sphere and sets him on fire. And they take double damage from fire. Um, and the whole time, everybody's just like shooting at the bad guys, picking off their skeletons. Um, so I think I had an idea of a much, much more difficult final battle, but the high hag ended up being way more work. But the biggest thing that annoyed me was that our fighter started taking a page of the Jack uh, playbook and just kept grappling things. Oh, no. So everyone uh, else could attack it. And it worked because he kept just grabbing the hag. So she couldn't, if she, cast spell. best she could do was get out of that grapple on her turn. And then that's her turn, right? Did he go for the, the knockdown? No, he didn't. <laughs> Classic. Um disappointing. I think you need the grappler feet to do that. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. And he he didn't take any feats. So they saved the day. They saved the day. They saved the princess. Um they're all really excited to one day do the do the continue the campaign, but I'm oh, So done with being a DM. Whew, I need some time off. Nice. I want to be a player again. How much time do you need exactly? Uh Joel wins your campaign. September. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably like a few months. All right, so let's take it back. Let's let's widen it out a bit because you this was written by you, right? This yes. campaign. This is an entire homebrew. Yep, it's a homebrew. I, I started out with an idea of kind of basing it off of Midsummer Night's Dream, where the, uh, the fairies are screwing with the uh, the nobles in the town. Um, but so what's up, the story? The kind of dumping Getting that eventually. In. Uh, so they're in Waterdeep, or not Waterdeep? Sorry, Silvery Moon. Um, and they all get uh, contracted by uh, Lady Austral Silverhand 
to save her daughter who's gone missing. So they go to this bar and they're like, yeah, we saw her get into a fight with like her ex-boyfriend, who's this Robert Smith looking guy who ended up <laughs> being the villain of the campaign, this necromancer. And every time people are like, well, what does he look like? I just find the saddest picture of Robert Smith I could find. Um, and it was funny because like there were people in the group who didn't know who Robert Smith was and that made it Come even on. funnier. Um because I remember at one point Keith going, "Who is that?" And I'm like, hey, "Don't worry." You didn't get any fat bald Robert Smith, did you? Uh, it wasn't fat bald, but like the balding with like the the shirt that's open way too much and things like that. That one's uh, that was good. Anyway, so she goes missing one night with she runs off into the woods with this like handsome elf she finds, who's an Eladrin, one of the like primordial elves, and she goes missing in the woods. They went to the woods to go find her, didn't find anything, but they found the boy, the like male elf that she disappeared with. Uh, but he was passed out, so they had to go find, uh, like, magical herbs to heal him or some stuff. Was he injured or enchanted? Magical herbs. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was It was some illness that you can't discern. Um, <laughs> it's basically he had plot it's cancer. Plot um, cancer. <laughs> and so they had to go fu- find, find stuff to, to heal his plot cancer. Uh, so they found it, and then he's like, oh, hey, we should go ask my friend the, the, the dragon. Uh, and then they go to find the dragon and then that, that was the session where people couldn't make it so I just made stuff up on the spot mm. uh, I sent them to the upside down to the shadow realm um, and people were like oh it's just like stranger things I'm like yeah it is. how'd you feel about that that was fine I like stranger things stranger things handles D&D pretty well there uh, is a stranger things module there is a stranger things module which I would it's be new. interested in trying because it's like the it's the like campaign they're playing at the start of stranger things uh, that like Mike, Mike, one of the characters has made, which is pretty cool. I wonder um, if they used the old rule set, or they just like crammed it in. They are, they it's it's definitely in, in fifth, edi- fifth edition, but hmm. they added in. Well, this was always the thing because Demi Gorgon is one of the princes of the abyss, like one of the demons. Mm. Uh, so I always felt a little weird that they had a Thessalhydra, something like that, but the like weird flower head thing. Um, like you get the mini if you buy the Stranger Things set. Hmm. You get a little mini for that, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then what did they do? Then they fought with, hung out with the GIF and fought the dragons, and then they did this a little bit. So basically the plot was go find this lady. and They found her. They found her. Good for them. They bring her back? Yeah, they did. Or and then they got a thousand gold each. And they're like, oh, wow. I'm like, yeah, and that was the campaign. Thanks. Like, Enjoy oh, your gold. Now we have all this gold, but there's nothing to do with it. I'm like, welcome to fifth edition. Um... <laughs> I actually have a document in my set of documents for this campaign, which is all the things you could do with money. Mm-hmm. Well, that was one thing we were talking about at the end, because at the end of the, the campaign, they were all sitting around, like, uh, I went to, like, go take a whiz or something, uh, and I came back, and I heard them going, so what was everyone's favorite part? And all that. Aww. So that was nice, and, like, everyone talked about how fun it was. Like, we had a, like... We had a first-time player, and he's like, this isn't exal- at all what I was expecting. Oh. This is a lot of fun. Like, super to be down to do it again. <laughs> um, he's fun. like, I wasn't expecting all the, like, silly voices and the acting uh, and stuff. I'm like, oh, that's what you get. Maybe he's expected to be a lot more serious or dour. Yeah, I think he was expecting a bit more gritty of a campaign, um, which just... I mean, when we did Storm King's Thunder, there were parts that were pretty gory and, and like, the descriptions of the giant attacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to have silly magical fantasy fun with my friends. So, before you say that you're done DMing, you should hear this. Uh, the going rate for a professional DM right now for a four-hour session is $500. Someone posted on the, like, D&D, like, Facebook group, how much would you be willing to pay your DM? And I, my opinion is you shouldn't have to pay your friends to do something together. There you go. That's it. 
Or you can go to a company and as a team building exercise, they'll do a campaign for mm. four hours mm. and that's $700. I don't know if I'd want to do it for a living. Like the fun for me is like hanging out with my friends and being silly, $700, right? $700, mm. four hours. Let's do some math. How much money are we making now? It's a decent rate, Joel. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the same reason I don't make music for a living other than the fact I'm terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe we're just not good enough. At D and mean, I think between the two of us, we could probably be a pretty, pretty like a great DM. Yeah, like we both have our strengths. I uh, think you got to do it too. Like, unless you're so good at this or been doing it for so long, I think it, you have to split the burden between two people. One person mm, just yeah. seems like this is a lot of. Yeah, the one nonsense. thing I found, like with our first group, like when we, I think my roommate had asked us to stop using his mat because I had ruined it or whatever, and like <laughs> the party pitched in and bought us tiles to use and th- stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like that was a nice gesture. That was a birthday um, present, wasn't it? Or yeah, like Christmas, something or? like that. Those um, tiles were fun. Mm-hmm. I like to use Did I, they get used a lot in this one? Uh, I just used the regular map in this one. It was easier to, to cart around. Um, I might do, like, the next... I have an idea for a campaign I'd like to do next, but I need time to build it. The other thing is that I want to do more planning ahead, because a lot of it is like, okay, I'll just plan the next session. I want to... One of the things in Storm King's Thunder is, like, it when it tells you, before you start running this, read the whole book. Mm. So you know everything, because there's going to be characters that come up who come up later, and you don't want to have them get killed off because your party's nuts. And things like that. So I would probably plan further ahead. Um, and another issue I ran into is like combat difficulty because our cleric loved the like really hard fights and mm-hmm. having to think tactically. Other people like our fighter just wanted to run in and, and talk about, okay, this time I swing at his crotch and, and now I'm going to swing at his neck. At one point I started imitating him doing a Jerry Lewis voice. And he's like, that would be anti-Semitic if it wasn't funny. Uh, um, <laughs> And he's like, I, I'm, I get that I'm Jewish, but my bird's not. <laughs> and it's like, okay, fair. And then someone brought up Palming, the terrible stereotype from Storm King's Thunder. And I uh, I declared that we were taking a break until people stopped making making. Fun I don't even remember Palming being bad. I just thought everyone was making fun of the name. Well, I think that was goofy. the thing is that Palming got introduced and I didn't do an accent for her. And then people the crowd to, took yeah it. the crowd was like Palming really is the best name they could come up with well um work with what you here got here we go yeah but i think next time would be a lot of fun i just want to be a player again i'm excited to play joel's campaign i'm I excited have, for you to host it i've uh i've started uh drawing out what my character looks like and everything and some now that we've talked about her backstory and everything I feel a little more connected to her. I actually wrote out a group of NPCs today. I won't tell you too much. I don't want to give anything away, but I actually wrote you. out f- five NPCs mm-hmm. and I put them in a in a configuration and I'm I'm like moving them around and this kind of it's, like, it's crazy. Neat. I'm spending way too much time on this. But it's, and it's that's the thing. Like I, I focused more on building dungeons and like combat encounters, and I think that's what's where your strengths lie. You you have a lot more of the back end like story stuff. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. Out. Well, we'll see. I'm not gonna say anything. You can't get it out of me. I can't remember if I asked you guys be this before, but tight-lipped. Um, so it could be a refresher because I've even forgot. But when you guys were designing these campaigns or are designing the campaigns. Um, do you care what classes the uh, the player characters are, or do you build them independently and uh, you just go from there? I build encounters and stuff 
like as a DM when I'm building stuff, do I think about what the party composition well, so is? Well, so I guess mean? I'm saying like when you're when you were designing these stories, where you're sitting there going, "Well, the sorcerer will do this, or the rogue will try to do this," or do you just build things in such a way that it's like players can do whatever they like, and you kind of building, I guess, sandbox with enough stuff for anyone to do anything theoretically mm -hmm. versus putting in specifically like a roost for some bird man to fly to. <laughs> I, I The first couple sessions were pretty generic and then I started building like encounters designed specifically for people. Mm -hmm. um, like traps that they would fall, obviously fall for and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, it depends on the campaign you're making too because uh, if you're making a campaign for your friends, they, ha they haven't picked player characters yet and you don't know what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. Which is like Mark was saying, you can kind of uh, tweak it for them mid-game like for example uh, Victoria's character became a blood mage halfway through um, nobody else in the party could have done that right because it wouldn't work for their player class in this one you not only your class but your history is incredibly significant coming into this story because you guys except for Mark who died twice <laughs> but died for real the second time <laughs> really died not that fake turned death, like into the first vapor <laughs> um, uh, have history in this city and have have this backstory which is what's exciting for me is I can actually bring your experiences in the last campaign mm -hmm. into this one yeah and I like like the way you, you approached it with me the other day about like okay so this is like what I'm thinking and yeah, I, was into I, it. I need to because I found with, with the first character was just like it's like oh this is what you're gonna do and then I like I openly fought <laughs> I'm like I don't want to hang out with my dad I hate my dad <laughs> yeah I really pushed that out. <laughs> I mean I wasn't like I I deliberately I knew you wouldn't want to hang yeah. out with your dad that yeah. was the point <laughs> the, the, the thing I liked is that like you made the dad character so nice and he helped the party <laughs> so much and everyone's you. like man Green Sleeve's dad is great why is he such a dick to him? <laughs> yep no. Time's up. Just about. Anyway, so Dungeons and Dragons is great. Everyone should play it. What do you give your campaign? If you had to score it, uh, and well, I would say maybe a B. Everyone had fun, and that's the most important part. But there were definitely bits where I had to sort of railroad people to make it make sense. So it was more like I did. It's not so much that it, I, I didn't plan for certain things to happen the way certain things happened, and every once in a while, people just wouldn't get like a hint or a or a clue or a quest or something. So here's a better question: Would you do it again with a totally fresh group? Yeah, but with some tweaks. Cool. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you for giving us the details on D&D, &D, Mark. You're welcome. The Dungeons. Thank the you dungeons for playing Mortis in the background. You're welcome, Jack. <laughs> I'm Jack. I'm Joel. I'm Mark. Thank you for listening. Keep listening to CFRU. Bye. Bye.